0: Hey, welcome everybody to Off the Record with Randall. First of all, I have to explain something. If you call, if you tuned in, expecting the Coach Benefield interview, uh, we we rescheduled it, and frankly, Coach Benefield was going to do it in this time, but how he had a football commitment, and we never want to take away from a football commitment. So we were able to work with Coach Benefield and reschedule it for next week. That way, we can get Coach when he's not trying to work between two different things and we appreciate coach being willing to do it but you know you hate to you hate to ask him to do something when he's got something that involves the team so reschedule it for next week it's much more simpler and easier to get coach a little more relaxed when he ain't worrying about the team
1: right uh he actually texted me a few minutes ago and said hey we can actually do it tonight if you need to and I told him not to worry about it because we'd already rescheduled, put the word out that it'd be next week. And I told him not to worry about it. Everything was good. And he kept on apologizing. I'm like, hey, man, don't worry about it. We just appreciate appreciate your time next week. Just be ready. And he said he would be. So, uh, it, uh you know, it seemed like we we're going to be locked and loaded for next week, hopefully.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, Coach, like I said, I, I want Coach to be able to be set back and relaxed a little bit when he goes to do this and not – not worked uh, trying to do two or three things at once, but Coach Benefield and and I, I'm sure I'll talk about this at next week when we get him on the air. But I talked to him after what I thought was one of the most heartbreaking high school games ever, um, the the loss to Sylvania to Colbert County, and at, then I was working with Leroy Stansel and Phil Harris. And I think Leroy had already went on and left WFPA, but. Phil and I done the game for uh, FBA, and uh, I remember, I remember, hey, hey, George Jackson, glad to have you above, buddy. Thank you for joining us. Um, I remember, I remember uh, after that heartbreaking loss, Sylvania lost, I went down and I fully expected Coach not to give me an interview because last thing you want to do is talk to somebody putting a microphone in front of you after a heartbreaker like that. And the first thing coach did was I saw him waving at me and I thought he was waving me away. And I told Phil and I said, Hey, Phil, we're just not going to have an interview tonight. You know, coach, coach is saying he, uh, and it was him waving me to come on over. He wanted to talk to me. So that yeah. shows you what coach Benefield's about. And, uh, I'm sure he would have got on here tonight and gave it his best separate, but maybe it maybe it's aaron Rodgers. maybe he don't want to come on because of aaron Rodgers
1: tonight and <laughs> you never know with coach Benefield. you know he apologized he he was uh he didn't realize that they had the football commitment going on tonight and then he when he texted me he said howie he said i'm sorry he said we could have done it tonight because they didn't really need me there but you know being a head coach he wants to be there and uh Absolutely. you know he had already gave word to us but You know, he gave gave his word to us that he would do it, but hey, we understand. We'd rather him be with the team, take care of what needs to be taken care of. I I hate to get part of the way through this, and then all of a sudden they come back and say, "Oh yeah, we do need coach, and he'll have to, you know, get out here and 15, 20 minutes into the interview or whatever." So, uh, it it seems like everything is ready to go next week. So,
0: and the first thing I will tell you. About Coach Benefield is I'm a fan of Paul Benefield more than anything. I'm a fan of Paul Benefield the man, than the football coach. But I I I'm a fan of Five Football, even though I'm in the Chattanooga area. I was started many years ago on the cab count. Well, let's just take a minute. That's where I got to know you. Matter of fact, for the folks that ever wondered how this came into existence, Howie was a senior basketball player. Phil and I started by calling his Phil Harris, who listens to us, and still he's on WQSB now. Uh, he was part of the broadcast team, and Coach Benefield was at Sylvania, and we, Phil and I, knew didn't know a thing about what we were doing. We just found a radio station that would put us on. Now, Phil, Phil was a little more polished than I was, Howie. I'll admit it. Uh, if you needed somebody, talk to the cheerleaders of the band director. I was your guy back then. But,
1: uh Or talking Coach to the lead man it. at the concession stand.
0: Yeah, I did. I did do – I did do – I stole it from Rick and Bubba, but I did do the concession stand. But I, I'm telling you, I think I stole that from Rick and Bubba, but I think Rick and Bubba stole the uh bathroom of the week from me because I would go in <laughs> – <laughs> and rate the bathroom no matter where we're at uh, so again uh, Coach Benefield will be here next week thank you all for understanding but Howie and I are going to go along with this and Howie there's a couple of there's some breaking news right now uh, in the college football world and I, I don't even think i prepared you for this but let's talk about it just for a second um, what do you make of it? I was watching the Fine uh, the Feinbaum show right before I came on, uh, and Feinbaum was running an article that said there had been some push towards a 12-team college football playoff. What do you think about a 12-team college football playoff?
1: Honestly, I don't like it. Um, I mean, I love football. I love watching football. I played basketball in high school, like you said earlier. i i don't like that 12 team format the four team is okay if they want to do an eight team it's okay but if you're going to get on up to 12 let's have three regular season games and then have a tournament of 64 if you know if we're going to do that i say keep it at four no more than eight and go from there I'm, I'm, i'm a little bit old school i'd rather have a ton of bowl games than a ton of playoff games because it don't matter who you try to put in the playoffs. Somebody's going to be sore because they didn't get in there. So to me, I, I honestly, I'd rather stay with the four than go up to any more.
0: Do you think, um, uh, and let me let me add, I don't want people, we still got Coach Benefield's resume on our show going out tonight, and I'm going I'm to edit that out. So, again, if you joined us, Thinking, Coach Benefield, will be here this week. It'll be next week, same time next Tuesday. Uh, but
1: if you don't I, have to go nowhere. You can still stay with us and see what's going to be like.
0: Uh, yeah, because we we don't get no better than we're going to be tonight. So it's not going to be just throw Coach Benefield in with us, and you you've got it next week. Same uh, same thing. Uh, I I got to admit, Howie, I I I was shocked when today I started reading in the media that um, that this is kind of a thing, you know, that 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 12 could happen. Um, let me just update this. Uh,
1: but while, while you're updating that, I, I don't understand or I don't see how they can actually do a 12 team. Um, I'm not a mathematician by no means, but that would mean the extra six weeks of football, which fans like us would love it, but I mean, it would be difficult for the players, you know, to be able to do that extra. I mean, that, that would put most of them doing, what, 19 games a year?
0: No, it's – so let me tell you how it's going to work. It's it's actually only only adding two games to the schedule, three possibly. So seats one through four would get a bye. Seats five through 12 would play – uh yeah got a comment here, the 14 system is working. I agree 100 uh, percent. And even if we went to four, we would go to eight first. Uh, that would be logical. Um, but the what Feinbaum was was expressing was the possibility of going from four four number one seeds or buys, eight teams, five plays 12, six plays 11, et cetera and then the winner of those teams would then play the first four. I'm kind of with like our, our, our listener there that says, wouldn't it make more sense to go to eight to start with than it would 12?
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, that's kind of what I said Like, I go, you know, if you're going to go, you know, we're at four now. If you're going to do anything, go to eight. But going up to 12 is a huge jump. And like I said, regardless of how many teams you try to put in there in the playoffs, somebody's going to be upset because they got left out. Same thing with the uh, NCAA tournament and basketball. They've got 64 in there, actually 66, 68 with the playoffs or play-in games and all that. And people still not happy because, you know, they didn't get in. They were team number 69, number 70, didn't make it in. Right. So regardless of how many you put in there, somebody's not going to be happy. So just for me, just it the way it is.
0: All right, Hallie, um, while we're on this subject about college football, real fast and before we get off of this possible expansion of the playoffs the point was made by a caller and someone on the phone this is a direct uh effect of the alabama clemson effect that you know they kind of dominated the playoffs and this is an effort to get more people involved you as a fan and you're an alabama fan um Say, and I'm a Tennessee fan, and there's no danger of us making the playoffs this year. But let's let's take that's a look That's why like- That's
1: really why you're not really worried about the playoff system right now. So.
0: Yeah, I don't get too upset about it. <laughs> um, but if you if you were a fan of let's say LSU, and you lose to Alabama, and um, you have lost the game to. Let's say Texas AM, you don't go to the SEC championship game. You're there 10 and 2. You're the 12th seed, and you get to go play at USC. Is that, and you get beat? Is that any better than a bowl game to you?
1: The only thing that would make it better for me, if I was a player, uh, no, it wouldn't make it no better. I mean, I think I'd rather go to the bowl games because what I've heard and read over the years is if you go to a bowl game, they're going to give you something at the bowl game. You get TV or you get something like that. You know, the school would love it being in the playoffs because that probably means a lot more money for them rather than being in a bowl game. But, uh, for me, I, I think I'd just rather be in a bowl game myself because, you know, you're going to, you'll get to go somewhere that you probably have never been to be able to do things, activities that they let the players do during the bowl week.
0: Right. So,
1: so So, as for me, I think I'd rather go to a bowl game knowing that I'm not going to win, you know, if if, other than a playoff game, I think I'd rather go to a bowl game, you know. Another good point.
0: Uh, I think we're going to have to add George Jackson to the, the permanent cast, he's got better points than we do. Uh, before you know it, cancel culture will have 24 teams. And there's some truth to that. And I guess that's what I was getting at, Howie. how far do you devalue a playoff? Because the one thing about four teams being in it right now, if you get into playoffs, you've accomplished something. And you've accomplished something big. Even even if you get in and you get beat by an Alabama or a Notre Dame – or. A Clemson. I, I, I guess I was thinking about Notre Dame. So let's use Notre right. Dame. Been in twice, gotten beat bad twice, got to the finals once. If they got to the the year they got to the finals and lost to Alabama, that was a, an amazing comp, a, a, Amazing year for them, in my opinion. That that meant something to get there. If your team 23 or team of 12 getting in, it don't mean a whole lot at this point.
1: Right, you know, like I said, regardless of how many teams they put in there, somebody's not going to be happy because they didn't get put in there. But you know, the I I still say players would love to have a chance to play in the playoff. But if they know in reality that they may not make it past that first round of playoff, I really think that they'd probably rather go to a bowl game because you know, if you're going to the playoff, going like you said, you know, somebody going to USC playing there, playing in a playoff game. Knowing that they could get beat or having a chance to go to the Hawaii Bowl and sitting on the beach in Hawaii for a week, what would you rather do?
0: Hey, Philip Chaplin, thank you for sharing it. Coach, coach had a football activity come up the last second. You being the son of a coach, you know what that's like. So thank you very much for sharing it. But and we'll he'll the interview's been rescheduled for next week. But for all those sites that's joining us, please be welcome. We're going to be talking about uh, a little bit about college football, a little bit about the NFL. So, Howie, before we get too deep into this conversation now, let's change subjects real fast. I've got a couple of things in the NFL I want to discuss with you. One of them be this weekend, uh, we've made no secret that you're a Falcons season ticket holder. And the trade that went down, the Atlanta Falcons moved Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans. For a second and a fourth, the Titans receive Julio Jones and a sixth back in the deal. Where does Howie, uh, where does Howie, where does Howie the fan, uh, where does Howie the fan feel about this trade? First reaction.
1: First reaction, um, we wasn't winning with him, so you know, let's see what we can do without him. Did he make the team better? He did make the team better. But when you're not sure if he's going to play week in or week out, you know, I'd rather try it without him than with him. So
0: moving into the season, let's talk about last year what we got out of Julio. Julio was injured much of the season and I did compare Julio often. Um, His health had been spotty. Now, Granted that Julio Jones, he had played, we had seen Julio play when we have been there uh, being Falcons fans and at times thought watching him warm up was almost painful, but he still went. And uh, a lot of those situations I don't think most players would have went that Julio did go. Right. No one's ever said Julio's not a tough, tough guy but i guess as phil harris is saying uh, on another comment he's passed his prime just a hair what's your feelings on where is julio is in his career
1: he you know he has lost a step he's still a beast you know even losing a step or two steps he's still better than probably 90 percent of the league but right I, I've been down toward the locker room area where the players go to their cars afterwards. We've both been down there. Uh, I remember one night where Julio walked out on crutches with ice on his ankle, and them thinking that he wouldn't be playing next week, and then he came back and played the next week. He played. You know, toughness is not a question. It's just the fact of he. You know, he's always had some bad hamstrings, and the older he get. I know that and you know that you more so than me because you're up there a little bit higher in age than I am but uh and Phil Harris both of us
0: I'm a speed limit at this point I mean you so uh, Sammy Hagar was thinking about you can't drive me now at this point so
1: right so but anyway back back to the point you know getting up in age the muscles the joints and all that are not as flexible as they used to be they're not as able to move as they used to be so you know the hamstrings have been an issue for the last couple of years and with him getting another year on them that could be an issue you know the coming season so
0: a second and a fourth how did you feel about that and then the part that no one really can realize as falcons fan we do a second and a fourth but the 15 million dollars in salary cap was just humongous to the Falcons cause it it's I, going to allow, allow us to I, I wasn't real picks. enthused
1: right I wasn't real enthused with us giving up a sixth I felt like a two drought or two picks for Julio should be sufficient enough but whatever to could get the deal done I did read something yesterday with the freed up 15 million in cap would allow us and I think I passed it on to you will, will allow us to sign the draft picks and have an extra eight Million left over to possibly go out after another free agent or two, if if need be. So that that's the big thing was uh, freeing up some cap space because we're okay right now. But I saw an uh, article earlier today where next year we're going to be kind of in the same shape again. And uh, if we'd kept Julio around, it have been even worse. So you got to start choos- chiseling away at the salary cap somehow. So might as well start with him this year and then next year there's some other big names that'll have to be let go
0: so i've said this is thomas Dimitriov's last gift to the falcons uh and i I believe so and he restructured this deal once before more move more money into 21 uh we have dead books dead money on the book from um you told me yesterday the cornerback um
1: Desmond Trefant was over five yeah. million dead money this year uh I think Jamon Brown the Lyman I think that was his name he was nearly two million and there's another one there's another two million and then uh adding Julio to that will be a seven million so you're looking at well math is not my favorite subject or not the best subject but that's close to 15 million it's actually in dead cap
0: uh, actually very good how he is but The actual number is between 15 and 16 million in dead cap space. Uh, And your cap is right at 150 million. That's about 10% of your cap that's in dead. But what it does do uh, is free the Falcons up to sign this draft class. Are you buying into the scenario that Julio was unhappy with the Kyle Pitts pick?
1: No, not with the Pitts pick, no. No. Uh, From what I've heard and read, he started being unhappy last year when they let Dan Quinn go. Him and Dan Quinn were, what what people were saying, were best friends. They were real tight. Apparently, Julio was kind of campaigning for him to stick around till the end of the season. But uh, the brain trust, Arthur Blank, decided to let him go. And from everything I've heard and read, that is where the turmoil really started in, was when they let Dan Quinn go. And, uh, and, you know, you would always thought and everybody was led to believe that Julio and Arthur Blank were like real tight as well. And in his farewell statement today, I don't know if you saw it or not, but Arthur Blank's name was never mentioned. The organization's name was never mentioned. But the city and the fans name was. So, you know, something went wrong sometime and everybody's pointing back to when Dan Quinn was let go uh, earlier last season.
0: Well, and t- today was a last-minute deal, but we've talked about putting this show together. Let's talk about the direction of the Falcons. Of course, 2017, coming off the Super Bowl, the team instantly was still competitive. Is that a fair way to put it? After the Super Bowl year, you thought the team was, was still there, but immediately the, the production out of who I remember most was Devontae Freeman and Desmond Trufant was not to the level it was previously. And the crack started early. And also the outflux of cash started early. Signing of Trufant, signing of Matt Ryan, the signing of Freeman, the signing of Julio. It really backloaded that team to where we're at now. And it is serious salary cap. And we're probably looking at 23 before we get some relief to this cap. Did did Atlanta overpay to the Super Bowl team? Was this was these contracts a, hey, you got us there? Um, we're rewarding past efforts? Or do you think the Dimitriov and Quinn regime really thought they had something that was a five- to six-year run?
1: I think they had something, or they felt like they had something that was going to be a five- or six-year run, maybe seven years or whatever. But uh, as we spoke in the past, I feel like we didn't lose players after that Super Bowl that that made us go downhill. We lost certain coaches that made us go downhill. We lost Shanahan, the offense coordinator. The offense has still put out pretty good numbers, so you know, don't get me wrong. offense still been pretty good. But you have emphasized this several times, and I, I agree with you. When they let Brian Cox go after that Super Bowl run, the defensive line hasn't been the same since. <laughs>
0: um, and, and let's go there. Kyle Shanahan was an elite, elite offensive coordinator. But um, we we were in the tunnel the night the Falcons clinched the Super Bowl, and uh, we spent some time down there where Julio came out. We got some pitchers and you know, I talked to, I made best friends with a uh, backup tight end, but I was just just happy to be part of it. But that night, Brian Cox walked through there, and there's Dan Quinn, there's Matt Ryan, there's Julio Jones, there's everybody that, and Brian Cox was the alpha in the room. And you, you could tell it, Alwie, He was where the mojo to that team came from
1: he brought the swag to the players absolutely to make them or make them feel like they could go out and do what they needed to do or wanted to do i mean yeah. if you think about it since since he left um big beasley did absolutely nothing um the defensive line has probably done nothing since then either though itself for grady Jarrett. grady Jarrett, you know he's a he's a man among Child, when it comes to yeah. stopping up that middle, you know. But other than that, defense but he line has done nothing. He,
0: to the point, Grady Jarrett kind of developed early in his career under the old regime, and then, I mean, Grady Jarrett's Grady Jarrett at this point. So let's talk about where the Falcons are today.
1: Well, let or me go so, back to Grady Jarrett for a second, if you don't mind. Go ahead. He was a fifth round pick that. Everybody told him he would never make the team, and he had something to prove. And he's one of those players that came in and worked his tail off to prove that he was made to be there. And, you know, unless something major happens, I feel like he'll be a Falcon for life. But a lot of people felt like that with Julio, but still, Grady Jarrett came in. He had something, something to prove, and he felt like he got something to prove day in and day out and they say he's one of the hardest worker, workers that the Falcons uh, have yes. on the team. So he's wanting to prove people wrong.
0: So they go 10-6 and six in the next year, in 2017. Uh, you still felt like it was headed in the dra- right direction, but once Shanahan was a year removed, once Brian Cox was a year removed, I, you just didn't feel like the direction was the same. Was Dan Quinn a good head coach, or was Dan Quinn blessed with great assistance?
1: Um, I, I feel like he was blessed with great assistance. Um, I think he's w- going to be one of these people that he might get another chance to be a head coach one day, but I think he sh- could be one of those lifer assistant coaches because I, I think if he's a you know defensive coordinator, I think he does a good job. But being able to run the whole team like a coach should, or yeah, like a coach should be able to, I don't think he can do it.
0: So even last year, uh, that was a seven and nine team that played above that level. So uh, let's let's but just. But they finish were up
1: one with, in well, one in six under Dan Quinn though.
0: Yeah, uh, true. Let's finish up. Last question about this, and then we're going to move on to the Green Bay Packers. We were going to get Coach Benefield in the Green Bay Packer conversation with us. But again, if you're joining us for the interview with Coach Paul Benefield, we we moved the the interview because Coach had some football activities that was going on, and we did not want to interfere with that. Coach was happy to still come on and do the interview, but again, we would rather Coach take care of the football activities. Next week at 7 o'clock, to, next Tuesday, we'll have the interview with Coach Benefield in its entirety. And in that interview, Howie, I have a feeling he's going to talk about your directions in Atlanta, but <laughs> not not that I was going to lead him on that path, but let's get back to the Falcons. One last question. As far question. as I know, I
1: think he's made it over there and made it back after my directions. So I don't know why. I, y'all I just ride about it. I
0: just I just ride with you. Uh, one last question about the Falcons. Who has the better receivers now? The Tennessee Titans with Brown, Jones, Fisker, or the Atlanta Falcons with Ridley, Gage, and Kyle Pitts.
1: That's a good but question. Phil, I mean,
0: Phil. The Coach, big... Phil this is Phil Harris is finest. Y'all quit lying. Be honest. Coach Benefield blew y'all off.
1: Yeah, well, that's true too. Yeah, he did. Uh, as far as the biggest receivers, the Titans, you know, they would be. Uh, they're they're the biggest receivers as far as the best. I, you know, Russell Gage, I think, and Ridley probably is probably a lot more sure-handed than brown and jones uh as good as julio was he dropped some easy passes in the, in the past as well you know so uh and i'm sorry i'm a homer i'm a falcons fan so i gotta go with really Gage and uh, hopefully pitts and uh so i get
0: pitts signed first
1: Right. Well, that should be a vote. You know, that should be easy to do. I think after tomorrow, because I think that's when the trade will become official through the league. So, um, so hopefully get him signed. And it's a lot easier these days. That's that's something we were talking about at a different time. But the draft picks don't hold out no more because everything is priced. uh, You know, if you're picked at this position here, you're gonna get this money. It's not like it used to be in the day when. A quarterback got drafted number one. He held out until he got a half a billion dollars and three planets given to him, you know. So they're yeah. actually in there on time now. So, but a quick story <laughs> though uh, I've, I've owned two jerseys in my whole life. And I'll let you guess which two they are, and I won't have either one of them probably by the end, you know, by the time my football season rolls around. Uh, the first one was uh, Michael Vick. And then that next season, he had uh, a little bit of trouble. And then, of course, I bought a Julio Jones at the beginning of this past season. Now he's not there anymore. So that's part of the reason I don't buy jerseys, because you just don't know how long those players are going to stick with that team.
0: Uh, and I'll still be wearing my Matt Ryan circa 2007 uh, Reebok. You know, it's so old now, Howie. I call it a throwback. People don't realize I bought it when it was new. Uh, no. But I, I I've, I've say- actually
1: got on the right shirt tonight. I don't know if I can show it to you or not, but it says "Straight Out of Atlanta" and it's got a picture of Julio on it. So that's kind of kind of fitting for that's tonight. Not- he is straight out of Atlanta tonight. So you know, made the made the trip to Nashville yesterday and was welcomed by everybody. So I wish the best for Julio. You know, I hope he can get with the team and win a Super Bowl before it's over with. But I'd, I'd really loved it. I really would have loved if it would have been with Atlanta, though.
0: So while, while we're on it, uh, River City Media shirts available for $25. Uh, we'll have a new supply coming in in the next week or so. So uh, River City hats coming in. Uh, they'll look very similar to this, except the River City Media logo. Howie, I feel like the, I feel like the Titans have the better receivers for the year. But I really think Russell Gage at 25 years old kind of learned how to play receiver last year. Uh, I don't think the Falcons have to ask Russell Gage to replace Julio. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a bigger, faster version of Julio at tight end. I think the Falcons are there. I said this on draft night. On draft night, the Falcons chose... Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts over Justin Fields and Julio Jones. And I think that's still fair because I don't think both of them could stay. And I think, you know, you've got four or five more years with Matt Ryan. Today, Tom Brady showed up 44 years old, you know, and not everybody's going to play to 44. But Matt Ryan could literally play to 40 and have five more NFL seasons. Matt Ryan's also playing for history. And when I say that, people get a little, I guess, uh, sarcastic about it. But Matt Ryan is on a pace to break 70,000 yards, to be in the top five into Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Brett Favre. Um, that does mean something to your franchise to have that guy up there. Uh, I don't think it was... A personal thing between Matt Ryan and Julio, they chose Matt Ryan. I just think they thought Matt Ryan had more football left on the tread than Julio did. Uh, What would have happened if the Falcons did take Justin Fields and this was Matt Ryan on his way out of town? Do you think it would be as big a story as Julio?
1: You know, that's a really good question. It's hard to tell because – You know, ton of Julio Jones fans in Atlanta. We both know that. But when it comes to Matt Ryan, you got people that's it's 50 You know, hot and
0: cold. I mean,
1: yes. No quarterback,
0: uh, and, no no quarterback's ever been more divisive in his home stadium than Matt Ryan can be at times.
1: If Matt Ryan had been playing anywhere else, he would be. Not saying that he's not a superstar now, but he would be more so of one, especially in his home stadium. Does he have bad games? Yes. Does Tom Brady have bad games? Yes. Does Aaron Rodgers have bad games? Russell Wilson? Yes. But he also has a lot of good games. The good games overshadow the bad games. Um, and you know, Michael
0: Vick was the most loved football player in Atlanta Falcons history. He was so you're
1: exciting. A- so exciting to watch. It's, <clears throat> it, was like watching, it was like watching a real-life PlayStation game in person. Because the things that he would do on the field, our, our friend Phil Harris, he, I carried him over to watch the, it's strange that it goes like this, but me and him went over and watched the Green Bay Packers play at Atlanta. And I think, I don't know if that's Phil's first game to go watch or not, but pro game. But he's like, man, they're so much faster in person than seeing them on TV. He said, here's uh, Brett Favre going around, you know, doing a bootleg. He's a lot faster in person than you see on TV. And then when Michael Vick gets out there and starts scrambling around, it, it, you know, it's trying to catch it like trying to catch a gnat with your hand. It's so fast and move around so quick, you just couldn't catch him.
0: And, and I don't guess, unless you're in Atlanta, you realize how popular Michael Vick was. Uh, I was at the Falcons Eagles game when Michael Vick returned as a starting quarterback, and it was almost a surreal environment. I am not the biggest Michael Vick fan. I've always said it out front. Uh, I thought Michael Vick I, – I, I I still think he's an athlete more than a quarterback, similar to Lamar Jackson. I do think Michael Vick was a little better quarterback in some ways than Lamar Jackson, but when he was in the open field with the football, there was nothing like it, I'm nothing. But I don't want to get too far down this. We spent about 30 minutes on the Falcons. Let's get to the Packers real fast. So today Aaron Rodgers uh, doesn't show up for the Packers. And Devontae Adams and several Packer teammates just basically come out in, in Aaron Rodgers' favor. And it appears now that the Green Bay Packers have a little bit of a revolt on their hands. Could you see Aaron Rodgers... In another uniform, cover September, or do you think the Packers will get this solved?
1: I'm just curious why we're getting to the Green Bay Packers so fast when Aaron Rodgers won't even show up, and they're trying to pay him to be there. Uh, well,
0: that's, that's a that's a good point, and probably the funniest thing you've ever said on there. <laughs>
1: um, I, I I think they could, you know, because it, it's kind of coming down to a book thing to where. Same thing with Brett Favre back when they drafted, when Green Bay drafted Aaron Rodgers, and Brett Favre wasn't happy about it. And then, you know, how long did Aaron sit behind Brett? Two years, three years, something like that? And then he got traded I think, away?
0: I think it oh, – I, 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 let me pull it up for sure. I'm wanting to say it was three or four years. I want to say it was four years, but that seems uh, too long. But
1: it's, it seemed like it's the same controversy that's going on now that happened back then and we saw how that played out and so i, I feel like we could actually see aaron rogers in a different uniform this coming season
0: aaron rogers set um basically three years behind brett Favre, 2005 six and seven um Okay, let's play this out. How much we just talked about how much tread Matt Ryan has and how much tread Julio has. Uh how much tread does Aaron Rodgers have on him? Can Aaron Rodgers he's play? Sure got long? Lots. He's a young thirty-eight, and that's what I said today. I think when I don't even think of Aaron Rodgers being thirty eight when I watch him play, did he seems no. he seems younger than Matt Ryan. Let's just say it out
1: loud. Yeah. I, I didn't um, realize he was 38.
0: Yeah. Uh, he was in the, or 37. He was in the 2005 draft class. Uh, so he will be 38 in December. Uh, what? I just, I, I have a heart when you watch him play, he doesn't play like a 38 year old 37 year old quarterback. Um, but by contrast, hmm. uh, Ben Roethlisberger is 39, and I would thought that he is five years or seven years older than Aaron Rodgers. Just watching them both play, so
1: it seems like when Aaron Rodgers plays, he's like um, he's kind of like Brett Favre. They're out there having fun while they're playing. They're smiling, they're laughing, they're talking to everybody. But when you know when the lights comes on, it's time for them to do something. They will make the play when they have to. But, yeah, it's just hard to believe that Aaron Rodgers is 38. He's, you know, I remember, you know, watching some of the playoff games and watching the games earlier or this past season. And he's mobile, real, still real mobile for that age. And uh, it don't look like his arm has lost a, a beat or, you know, when you're running, you lose a step. I don't know what, you know, it don't, it don't seem like his arm's lost any velocity, velocity at all because he's still slinging that thing all over the field.
0: Well, can it be that he started three years later, and that he has three years less football on his body? He actually has less football on his physical body than Matt Ryan does. To me, that would maybe—he's not took—he's took three years less hits. He's took uh, three year less pounding on his arms. So maybe, maybe actually, the side effect of setting three years is that that he's in a little better uh, shape than most 37 years old. Uh, now, I was trying to get to a point. So let me just skip over all that and go to this. Does Aaron Rodgers make a team? We'll give you a couple of teams. You tell me if you think Aaron Rodgers makes him a Super Bowl contender.
1: Yeah, let's break it down that way because, you know, there's – Probably this year more than ever, there's fewer NFL teams that are really looking for quarterbacks because they're pretty much set with young players that's going to be there for a while.
0: Would Aaron Rodgers on the Washington football team make them a Super Bowl team?
1: Yes, because Washington has had a great defense over the years. They've had zero offense.
0: They, and they've got a couple of nice pieces in McLaren and uh, Antonio Gibson, the running back from last year. How about, does he, make a, does he make the Chicago Bears a Super Bowl team?
1: Same thing. Yes, because they're, they've got a great defense. They've actually got some skilled players, more than Washington does. The key to Chicago is the quarterback situation. Everybody thought Trubisky is going to be it. He, you know, he didn't pan out. I think it was Nick Foles that came in halfway through the season. He did okay, but he he's not the quarterback. If you put an Aaron Rodgers on the Chicago Bears, yes, I think they get Actually, you know, dethrone the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I
0: mean, I don't expect that one since they drafted Justin Fields, but
1: well, I, the I don't expect it because they're in the same division as Green Bay as right. well.
0: Right, but I'm just coming up with teams off the top of my head.
1: Right, but let's look at it like this. If Chicago could get Aaron Rodgers to come in, who better for Justin Fields to learn from than Aaron Rodgers?
0: Absolutely. The place he's most talked about going to, and it's almost a replay of the Peyton Manning situation, if you take Aaron Rodgers and put him on the Denver Broncos, are the Denver Broncos a Super Bowl contender?
1: Uh, their playoff team, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. They do have a good defense like the other two that you said. And, but they're positions. Judy, yeah. Their skill position, that's where I'm getting at, are extremely young. They're yes. extremely young at all the skill positions. So that's one thing they can make the playoffs, I feel like, but be a super bowl super bowl contender. No, not at all.
0: Is it possible after the- a year that I see what I said was they can be a Super Bowl team. It wouldn't be this year. But when the Cortland Sutton's and the Jerry Judy's and the, the Javante Williams they drafted this year grew up a little bit, that, you know, they might win a Super Bowl two years or three years down the road. You had to invest a little more time with the Broncos than you did. To me, to me the one that is the most instant turnaround And and I I hope Ron Fitzpatrick is the guy. But the Washington football team just seems like if you could get quarterback play, they are a Super Bowl team with Chase Young and that freakish Young defense and a great running back and a great rod receiver and a great tight end. So this leads to my next question. What – is the value of winning a Super Bowl? Is it worth a fir- two firsts and two seconds?
1: Yes. Uh, you, of course. That's the holy grail that everybody's trying for in the NFL to win that Super Bowl. You get on a winning spree there. We both saw it back in 2017. It was kind of went strange. on a winning spree. And, uh, you know, you went from... Uh, half full stadium to three quarters full stadium to the place was rocking when we beat. Sorry, Coach Benfield, but we beat your Green Bay Packers to go to Super Bowl. You know, it was it was. Uh, you know, we was both there. I mean, we were, you were singing and dancing and two claps and a Rick Flair. You know, and I believe it, was, it might have been
0: the night two claps and a Rick Flair got invented.
1: And, you know, of course, that's what you want. You want to win the Super Bowl. And like you said, Aaron Rodgers shows up in Washington. If they can make that happen, I I really feel like, especially look at the division they're in. They're in the East. The Cowboys, you don't, the Cowboys drafted their defense basically this year. They're going to be majority, mainly rookies. And I kind of hope they get hammered all year since Dan Quinn's the defense coordinator there. Um, No offense, but you got Philly coming in that, Jalen Hurts did a great job at quarterback when he came in and played last year, but now the coach is saying, "I don't know who my quarterback's going to be." It's open competition, and then you got the New York Giants that's kind of on the borderline where they could actually, actually be pretty decent, but they're one injury away from being back to where they was at last year. So you know, Washington could have a, you know, if they just get a quarterback in there. They could they could make some you know they could make some noise in the playoffs.
0: Do you um, does it is it the same level of story if Brett Favre or if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay that was when Brett Favre
1: did? I don't because. think so. I, I really don't think so because Brett Favre was Green Bay through and through. He, it's kind of hard to explain, but he he was a Packer through and through, and Rodgers has kind of got a little bit of, I hate to say it, but he's got a little bit of Hollywood in him. He's 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 very not, you know, he's he's not the common. Let's say it like this: he's not not the common man. He's not the blue collar person. Aaron Rodgers is more of the, uh, you know, the Hollywood style. When Brett Favre was the common man. And uh, that's what Green Bay, people in Green Bay, Green Bay love is the common man, the blue collar person, you know, and I think it would <laughs> would make head, made noise, yeah, but nowhere near like it was, was when Favre left.
0: All right. Look, one more subject before we close out tonight. And, again, if you joined us for the Coach Paul Benefield interview, that'll be next Tuesday on Off the Record with Randall everything slides back one week coach had some football activities and we're more than happy we're, to move out
1: or according phil harris who blew us off so he may blow us off again next week i don't know we'll yeah start, uh, we'll you know find what? out then
0: phil harris was supposed to be here too and i'm pretty sure he blew us off so um
1: well he sent me a text but i couldn't check it because it's on my phone right now but anyway we'll we'll see what he see i'll see what he has to say here in a minute so
0: we we love phil and someday we're going to get him off here this is you're watching Off the Record with Randall at nine o'clock tonight, 3R Sports. And, and one thing we're gonna break down on 3Rs tonight, Howie, about the Julio trade is the fantasy impact to the trade. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that a little bit. But the last subject we'll cover tonight, and I wanna, I wanna get to this, and, I, and again, I'm a Tennessee grad, Behind me, there you see a bunch of Tennessee stuff. But I have great respect for the last three quarterbacks that come from the University of Alabama. You've had Tua, Hertz, and Mac Jones. And you said something just a minute ago about Hertz. If you were going to handicap those three quarterbacks now, who do you give the best chance to be an NFL star to? And why?
1: Mac Jones just because <clears throat> to it a little bit injury prone he likes to get out of the pocket uh jalen hurts he likes to get out of the pocket you don't want to get out of the pockets unless you've got an elite speed but i think matt jones could be a superstar in the nfl because he is i'm not comparing them to him but he's kind of tom brady-esque Landing in a good spot, good good decision making good arm strength and you know knows when to get rid of the ball knows knows where he needs to throw the ball before the ball needs to be thrown right nothing nothing against hurts i loved hurts I, I wish him the best except for one game this year um same with tua uh you know we go down to miami at, sometime this year i wish Tua the best i hope he goes uh Sixteen and one, maybe Hurts will go sixteen and one, and Mac Jones sixteen and one as well, because they have the Patriots coming in on Thursday night game.
0: We're gonna see all three of Mm them, and that's the that was gonna be the next question. The Falcons are gonna see all three of those quarterbacks. Well, you assume that Hurts is the starter, and you assume two as the starter. Mac Jones, you probably got a ways to go uh, to. To get that starting, starting position. Come on, let's
1: let's let's be realistic. I mean, he's he's behind Cam Newton and and uh, Jared Stidham, so he ain't got long to wait. I don't feel like. I feel like Matt Jones will be a starter by. I think it's toward the end of October when uh, Patriots come in. So I feel like Matt Jones will be the starter when they come into town.
0: Uh, and you, you, did you think about that? In New England's quarterback room, it's Auburn, Auburn, Alabama. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. Until you just now said that, but yeah, that's it's,
0: it's unusual. I don't know if that's ever existed in the NFL.
1: That's, uh, that's a good thing that you know. That's something that people just don't realize. It you know, and they do get ribbed. And, you know, I've heard too many stories about professional players giving other professional players a hard time, especially on Saturdays when they're at team meetings and their teams, their collegiate teams, are playing against each other.
0: Right, and know? I believe. So, Stinnett did play against Alabama when Mac Jones was there. I don't know if Mac Jones played in the game. It would have probably been uh, it would have probably been Tua and Ertz, but still, yeah, I think so. Um, do you think that? And, and for a fantasy reason, I'm really high. And this is strictly from a fantasy perspective. Jalen Ertz is able to do things with his legs in Philly that are. Not Lamar Jackson in that the fact he's going to rush for 1100 yards, but Jalen Hurts is can put up 500 yards, 600 yards, and that adds a lot to a quarterback's value in the fantasy system. I find 100. I find Jalen Hurts more fun to watch than Tua. Um, I guess I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts because basically he lost his starting position left went to work on his game, went to Oklahoma, and kind of remade himself. Do you do you see differences in his game now with the Eagles than when he was at Alabama?
1: Yeah, it seems like his passing, his accuracy is a little bit better. But, you know, you got to think about it. Back then when he was at Alabama, Alabama was three yards in cloud dust, basically. He didn't have to throw the ball as much, you know. The, uh, the air tie didn't come in until Tua took over and started chunking the ball all, all over the place with the uh, Waddle and Jerry Judy and uh, Ridley and um, who else they have, R- uh, Rugs and all that, you know. But I, I think Hertz has developed more into a quarterback, and I think the best thing he could have done, he did by going to Oklahoma and learning how to be more of a pocket presence passer than just kind of read the first... The first route, and then take off running. You know that's one of his, uh, one of his Achilles' heels there in Alabama was he'd, you know, he'd come off his receiver, his first receiver, instead of looking for his second read or third read, he'd take off running. But in Oklahoma, he progressed, went to the first read, second read, third read, and that helped him tremendously.
0: So, I pulled it up, and I wasn't going to talk about this because we kind of put it in the last. But we've got five minutes. I want to run some things down for you real fast. These, uh, this is the, I won't say the name of the website, but it's the website I've subscribed to for my fantasy football draft. And and I want to run through some numbers at receiver and quarterback for you to start with. Uh, Let's do quarterback first and then that'll apply to this and then we'll get into (laughs) receiver.
1: I I think I know where you're going with this because I think I saw the same thing earlier uh, this afternoon when it comes to two certain quarterbacks,
0: Jalen Hurts is rated the tenth quarterback in this year's draft. Let me give you the list: Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. Well, did, hmm. Does that does that make sound a little weird hearing that together? Uh, and then Tua. Let me find Tua on here. Uh, While you're finding
1: t- Tua, uh, the the website that I saw, the what I thought she was going to go at the website that I that I saw had Matt Ryan and Kenny Hill's numbers side by side, and they're predicting Matt Ryan to have better numbers than Kenny Hill.
0: That was coming. Long. Uh since you are you brought it up. Oh no, my, my
1: fault. I didn't know he was gonna bring that part up.
0: Tua is number nineteen, by the way. Mac Jones, I guess they still don't have listed as the starter. Uh, so he's not on the top twenty five or so. Uh Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan fourteen, Ryan Tannehill fifteen. Right. So that goes to what you were saying. Now, wide receiver wise.
1: No, let's go back to that quarterback situation real quick. Okay, part go part on. of that with Tannehill could be because he's got a tote machine with a head on it standing behind him wearing the number twenty two that's going to get the ball thirty five times a game if not more. Absolutely. So that's why Tannehill's numbers won't be as good probably as they could be.
0: For fantasy, I I, I but I see Matt Ryan and Brian Tannehill. I've said it all week. They're they're a lot the same.
1: Yeah.
0: Tannehill's a younger version of Ryan and and maybe a bit more athletic and but and I hold Matt Ryan in high esteem. So I've always told the Titans people don't be insulted to that. I think Matt Ryan's better than ever most everybody else in NFL. I have Matt Ryan rated higher. I don't think Matt Ryan's elite, but he's a very good quarterback. Number six, Calvin Ridley. Number seven, a j Brown. Number thirteen, Julio Jones. can you uh can you can you kind of agree with all that?
1: I, yeah, I, I don't see nothing wrong with that and and not because of what happened on Sunday or anything. Julio could be a little bit higher than he really needs to be because you think about Julio's never been a great fantasy player to have he was in Atlanta because he didn't average but about four or five touchdowns a a season.
0: He'd have 150 catches, but...
1: He'd have a ton of catches, a ton of yards, but touchdown-wise, he didn't do no good.
0: Russell Gage, number 64. Does that seem like the greatest value ever?
1: Yeah. um, Atlanta's got some decent receivers that have came out of nowhere, basically. And if they improve as much from two years ago as they did to last year, and from last year improve as much as they did coming into this season, we could be saying at the end of the season, Julio, who? Because Gage Gage and Zacchaeus, and and, uh, um, I can't think of the other guy's name, but there's another guy that's there. Cameron Uh, Blake. Uh, christian blake christian blake christian blake i I don't know why i didn't think about it because they uh posted today was i think today was his birthday anyway but uh you know could be you know could be a great receiving crew all because we have a player wearing the number eight running the middle taking away a safety to where you can't double team
0: and he's currently ranked as the eighth tight end and i do think that's fair he is a rookie he may have some rookie Rookie struggles. Howie, it's been a – man, this hour goes by fast. Uh, first, It does. Set. It really does. Hey, we'll, 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 Coach Benefield will be here next week at 8 o'clock. Uh, we enjoyed uh, putting us – I can't say seven, this. 7 a, o'clock. 7 o'clock. Uh, uh, it's 8 o'clock now. I'm sorry. Phil Harris was already texting me, blowing me up.
1: Same, 7 same o'clock. here, man. <laughs>
0: 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Central Time. Coach Benefield will be here. We'll talk about his career. Uh, We'll talk about where he's going next year. Howie, last word, did the Falcons do the right thing by moving on from Julio Jones?
1: My heart says no, but. My mind says yes because we had to make cap space to get players signed. I'd love to see what Julio could have done with this offense with Arthur Smith, you know, seeing what he done in Tennessee last year. I'd love to see what he could have done with this type of offense Um, in a line with Julio Ridley, Pitts, um, uh, Mike Davis at running back, just to see what he could have done. But, I, you know, I knew it now that Phil wasn't going to be here because of the fact that they had to free up some money. And to win now, it's easier to let a wide receiver go. It's easier to replace a wide receiver than it is to replace QB1. And QB1 had to be um
0: uh, Does having an extra second rounder make it a little easier for the Falcons to move in the 22 draft if they decide? Uh, Phil, we'd love to have you, buddy absolutely love to have you next week does a extra second make it easier for the falcons to move up if they decide that's the way they're going to go next year
1: well it'll really depends on where tennessee finishes at you know that that pick will depend on where tennessee finishes if tennessee wins the super bowl then we're basically it's basically a third round pick yeah So, you know, the best thing best thing for us Falcons people to do is wish and hope that Tennessee tanks this year where we get a, uh, you know, a high second round draft pick instead of a basically a third round pick.
0: Well, I'm going to let you know, it's going to be hard for me to do since I live in the middle of Titans territory. (laughs) And uh absolutely love Leo Jones. So it's
1: uh, same here. Uh, my mom was a huge Tennessee Titans fan, and uh, it's I can't root against them, you know. Uh, but uh, that that shouldn't stop the other Falcons fan from not rooting against them. So uh, maybe me and you can root for the Titans, and all the other Falcons fans can root against Yeah. You.
0: So the million dollar question I haven't asked yet, and I still haven't asked her is Annalie gonna make me go buy a Titans Julio Jones jersey? Cause my 11 year old daughter loves Julio Jones more than any athlete ever. So, uh, I
1: I, i I had a conversation with my 12 year old this afternoon on the way to the dentist. I said, with Julio gone, what are we gonna do with that jersey? She said, we're gonna change it for something else. I said, well, you just need to decide on who you wanna get besides Zacchaeus because I don't think they make a Zacchaeus jersey. But if you decide on who you want, we'll get you another one besides Julio. So and you just gotta I you think, gotta bite the bullet and go ahead and have a talk with her.
0: I, I know and, and I think she'll probably wanna wear a Julio jersey. Uh not to the gangs, but she'll be the she loves she loves wearing that jersey like to school.
1: Uh, I love, I'll wear my love jersey. Jones, you know, I saw on Twitter today, a lot of people took their 11 Falcons jersey and put Young on the back backup for Trey Young and in support of the Hawks, you know, playoff run right now. But, uh, yep. you know, I'll, there'll be a ton of Jones jerseys there next year, regardless.
0: There's still Michael Vick jerseys there.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, does, does Julio deserve to be retired and in the ring of honor?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. He, he will be. Um, it could be one of those things where they bring him back for what is a one day contract where he retires as a Falcon. I think he deserves that him and Matt Ryan deserve to retire as Falcons. Um, so I, I think it will happen. it should happen and, and I really feel like it will happen.
0: All right. well this will wrap up off the record with Randall seven to eight each Tuesday 9 to 1030 3r sports tonight. Robbie, Raj, and I, we're going to break down this trade a little more, too. And we're going to also talk a little bit about the big Dodgers and Braves series. We're going to talk about the 12-game playoff series uh, that we've talked about. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the NBA and how the Hawks appear to be for real. And also in the Bet Your Nuts segment, Randall is now 9-1. So uh, we'll have a lot here in about an hour next week. Paul Benefield, Howie Chaney, Phil Harris from WQSB has committed. So we should have a house full, and
1: it'll be time. Has he committed to be on the show, or has he been committed to insane asylum?
0: Well, he it could be both. You know, he oh, okay. uh, he kind of he, he'd probably be eating chips and sitting there in front of his TV, but. <laughs> uh, We'd love to have Phil. And most if you don't know, Phil is the voice of the WQSB scoreboard show heard all over the state of Alabama. So for Randall and Howie, you got any last words?
1: None at all. Uh, well, maybe two words. Go Hawks. I
0: had two it? good shows. Uh, AEW show and uh, tonight was uh, you're just becoming my – you're going to be my uh, what, who Eggman man before it's over with. You're going to have to say, here's <laughs> Randall. Folks, I'll see you back in an hour, and next week we'll see you with Coach Benefield, Phil Harris, Howie, and uh for off the record with Randall, we'll see you next week. See you, Howie.
1: Yeah.